0: Welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from net, and I'm joined as always by Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.co. And before you go on, Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.co, may mm. I just say that we are part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Well done. Thank you. At Deep Dive Podnet on Twitter. Check it out. Please get involved. Loads of incredible podcasts. Listen to the podcasts. other podcasts. Yeah, incredible podcasts. We have lots of talented people talking very informedly about different bands truth yeah speak truth to power man well yes now sam townsend from sam townsend Co. that's right co that strikes me as ah i see where you've gone do you yes absolutely i do We're going over to Columbia, aren't we? That's right. Yes, first time. Is this a repeat? Is it a repeat? Well, it's a repeat. The problem is. We are television. television. No, we can't. We haven't got that much time in the house. I'm sat in a squeaky chair. Uh, That's fine. Uh, We've got time to sing, but maybe not this early. Okay. Well, why don't we just sing now and then not sing later on? It's the same amount of time. Spread it out equally. Okay. So it it is a repeat, Mm. just to confirm. Well, I, it, was, it was thrust upon me at the last minute. Well, this recording was not, wasn't. No, because <laughs> I was preparing myself last night, doing notes and all kinds of things. I know, so you've got, actually Shall got I notes. Shall I get a country? Is- Shall I get a country ready? And I almost approached the map. Yes. I did not approach the map. Oh, off and the map. You're off the map. I was off the map, and then I forgot about the map, uh, the map until the very last minute. And then all I could think about was countries had already done. We are very, very excited. It's competition time. We're excited on all kinds of levels, but please tell me more about this competition. This competition is an absolute barnstormer. It's a humdinger. It's a ballbuster. It's the best competition that we've ever run, and I dare say anybody's ever run. I will not have you say that. I will not have you say that about the Cyclone Cloth competition. No, no, the Cyclopath. I've got competition- nothing but a huge amount of respect. For the Suck My Cloth competition and its fantabulous winner, Mr Eddie Nectar. Oh Eddie Nectar, I've got the cloth in, in, (laughs) I've still got it. The (laughs) Suck My Cloth competition must have been run at least six to eight months ago. Yes, it was fantastic. The cloth has arrived, it will be winging its way to Mr Nectar this weekend. And can I just say to Eddie Nectar, well done for having Eddie as your first name. Yes. Because of the song Eddie. Because of the song and because of all the other great Eddies. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, Eddie... Well, you may as well say Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen, yeah, of course. Eddie... Eddie, jo- Eddie Chivers. Eddie Jordan. Eddie Chivers, my friend and drummer. Eddie Jordan, the Eddie uh, Jordan? F1... No, no, no. Eddie, uh, the rugby man. Uh, Ed, 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 Eddie... Eddie. <laughs> I've got another one. Eddie from Absolutely Fabulous. Edwina, Ed, yeah. Edina. Abso- Edina. Uh, Bubble and, of course... Uh, Saffron and, of course... What was Patsy Kensett called? No, Joanna Lumley. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Keep it tight, we said. <laughs> Keep it tight. You, you uh, think about that in the uh, background. Patsy. She was called. That's why I said what was Patsy kensett called? She was, oh, called, she was Patsy. called Patsy. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Without the kensett Yes. Uh, so the competition. Yes, it's so it's good. A barnstorm. It's a barnstormer. It's a or a ballbuster, if you will. It has arrived, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We have, as you know, we spoke to the fantastic Hamish. Duncan, owner of RHCP Sessions' website, a hive of information, a hub of information. Published author. Published author of the book, Out in LA, Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers 1983. Yes. And what fun we had uh, chatting to Hamish. And what fun we had reading the book. We've, well, we've had fun a few times reading the book now. I I can now read it in the bath. We love the book. Which was my only... The only thing that I didn't like about the pre-copy that we had so that we could do our little blurb about it yeah. was I couldn't take my computer into the bath. I read it in the bath, I read it in the shower. I read it in the waterproofed it. Yeah. <laughs> Great competition we've got coming up. It's a barnstormer, a humdinger. It's an absolute ballbuster. The- we've teamed up with Hamish. He has sent us over a copy of Out in LA, Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1983 that he has signed. Yes. We will be signing it. Yes, we will. Both of us. And one of you can win it. All you've got to do is identify what three songs these three words come from. The three words are, of course, out in L.A. That's right. You're going to hear them now. Once you've identified them, contact us on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter only. No. No. You can email... You can. Ben Townsend Music at... uh, Ben Townsend... Ben Townsend (laughs) Music dot com. No, that's the website. Ben Townsend Music at Hotmail dot com. Yes. Or, if you don't fancy doing that, which I personally wouldn't, you can use Instagram. Yes. So, exactly. You can do it on Instagram, Twitter, or email. Because some people aren't on Instagram or Twitter, Sam. That's right. some Some people are only on email. Yes, exactly. So... What three words do those? What three songs? Do those three words come from. What we'll do is, I'm sure that there'll be a fair few people getting that correct. We will have a draw during what the next episode to be released. No, so we're recording that next week because of time constraints. We'll just enter, and we'll do a draw in a couple. We'll do in a couple of weeks, and, and your anticipation will build. Oh my god, I can't believe you said anticipation. I said anticipation. Well, <laughs> you're losing your edge, mate. And your anticipation will build as we slowly but surely manipulate the situation really, until we ejaculate the winner ah, onto a chessboard. I've always said that if Baron von Münchhausen were to ejaculate a competition winner onto a, onto onto chess a chessboard, board. we would be the perfect players for that particular book. It's, you, it, you know what we're trying to say. Yeah. Enter the competition, win the book, everybody's happy. Somebody may or may not ejaculate onto a chessboard. I, well, I already have. <laughs> I love chess <laughs> That much <laughs> Okay So today is uh, So yeah It's a competition it yes, should be really do, good get, I mean what a prize Let's just stress that once again All silliness aside this is, a pr- this is probably A priceless prize I will put on the socials About the competition But obviously you're going to have to Listen to the episode To know about it Aren't you Really we should have put This competition at the end of the episode Let's keep up the engagement. But it's another cock-up from the brothers. Well, no, because we might, we might announce an even bigger competition at the end. Even bigger than the, the competition we just... Oh, well, yeah, we might. We might. What a great episode we've got in store for you today. It's the milk of the mother. Mother's milk, part three. And we've got three... It's such an... Oh, I'm on the squeakiest chair ever. And I'm just going to power through. Yeah, stop pointing it out. We've got three such interesting songs today. We've got "Taste of Pain," Stone Cold Bush, and Fire. The reason I say they're interesting is for these reasons. One of them is played by the current is played whilst the current band lineup was in place. Yes, but has this is "Taste of Pain" we're talking about? Of course. But doesn't have the drummer. Of the current band lineup, or even the current band lineup of when the album was recorded, playing. So that's an interesting thing, fact. One of them certainly needs to be taken into consideration. One of them, Stone Cold Bush, wasn't written by the band that are releasing this version of the song on the album. And one of them features a previous version of the band completely, of course, which is Fire, which uh, features Jack Irons and, and Hillel Slovak. You've done well to remember all those facts. Well, I'm a fact machine. Yeah, you are. Not a facts machine. <laughs> I'm both. You basically write, You feed some paper into me. Yeah. Into one end. You make a noise. Yeah, like this. <laughs> and then someone else receives it it's pretty clever comes out of another hole yeah in those days no one knew how fax machines worked and i certainly for many years didn't know and i think we've covered this off before somehow that fax machine stands for facsimile yeah facsimile yeah i did not know that well facsimile is means copy Mm. well i learned all this late much later on It might be latin Oh, it doesn't sound like Latin. Facsimileus, does that? Facsimileus <laughs> machinius. Oh, yeah, it is Latin. <laughs> it is Latin. <laughs> Jesus. They must have been using them back in the old days. They were, but it was... Um, all You had to feed in a slate. Yeah, feed a, a slate to a slot. Yeah, and somewhere and else... It just was, fell into the <laughs> slot and someone else was at the bottom of the now, slot. Now, of course, on... Um, and read it out. It's a major plot point on the Usual Suspects, the fax machine. Yeah. Because the... Uh, the the, 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 the identity identi, yeah. identity kit is that identity kit picture
1: mm.
0: the photo fit or whatever comes out of the fax machine curls up and rolls under the uh, rolls under the, the desk yeah thus meaning that Kevin Spacey can bullshit his way out of that situation very cleverly anyway we won't talk about him too much can't wait to get started yes so we're going to go straight into taste the motherfucking pain. <laughs>
1: The loneliest frown. I stare in the ceiling because I cannot fall asleep tonight. And no, I'm not that tall.
0: Well, as we come tastily and painfully out of taste of pain, I must issue a full and unreserved apology. During the introduction, I didn't notice Sam was wearing his big puffer noisy coat. Mm. So you would have been thoroughly distracted by I think by the I, noise. Wore, I wore that all the way through with the Red Hot Christmas peppers as well. Well, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. It's an outrage. It's because I wasn't sat next to you. I couldn't penalise you. I've made him take it off now. We should be all right. I have removed it. So, tastily... Painfully,
1: and Out of Taste of Pain.
0: Yes, Out of Taste of Plane. Oh, well, there's a new film called Plane Out, starring uh, Mike Coulter and Gerard Butler. Well, the swan does say at one point, I've got to taste the plane. Does he? Yeah, I'm sure of it. Do you think he means it? I've got to taste the, the plane. Boy, oh, he sings it like Axl Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, really? Yeah, i got to taste the plane. I'm convinced of it. Ooh. No. Listen, Taste of Pain is the first example that we're going to hear today of a song that always, to me, sounded nothing like the rest of the record. Mm. Uh, the other one is Fire. And I didn't know at the time why. Why does this sound so completely different to the way, to the, way the rest of the album sounds? Mm. Well, I think you've already touched upon it. Well, one... And we will start. I think it's a good place to start. Okay, well, let's just talk about a bit of the background of the recording, because a, and then we'll get into why some of it sounds different. Some of different. the other reasons. Recorded at Track Record, North Hollywood. Produced by Michael Beinhorn, of course, as is the rest of the record, The Horn of apart from Fire. Recorded December 1988. It's John's first recording, um, first studio recording with the band. Yes, he's come in a fresh and eager young man. Oh Chad is in the band. Chad's but, in the band, but not present. But not present for this recording because he wants to go and visit his family in Detroit for Christmas. The Mitten State. The Cinnamon State. <laughs> <laughs> John is shocked and stunned by this. He he can't. But obviously, he is love the chilies for time. Mm, yes. Being a He's huge fan. In the band, the drummer, the guy who eats drums for breakfast, Chad Demir Smith. Yeah. He wants to go and eat drums with his family. There. Meanwhile, you've got John, An- John Anthony, motherfucking Fushante, the swan, and Mickey B, the flea. Yes. All waiting to go. Are they the people we've got left? Yes, they are. But we need someone to play the drums. Who are we going to get? Is it going to be the Fishmaster General? Will it be Philip Fish Fisher from Fishbone? <laughs> <laughs> I think it will. I think it will be too. It does, does a great job. He does an incredible job. I'm surprised Chad got back in. the The sound of the kick drum on this song, particularly, is absolutely massive. It is. I, I was listening to it yesterday, getting ready for this. I was full of praise for the for the drums, yeah. the rolls, yeah, the, the way that the drums. Assist the transitions. Oh, uh, yeah. All of the transitions work brilliantly. This the 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 is the key incredible. to this. Yeah, this, is, this is a. This is a hang on a minute, it smells a bit fishy, yeah? And it. Oh, <laughs> very good. Oh, good. There you go. Thank you. Fist bump, that was great. First of all, should we go to our man on the scene, Mr. Yes. A. Mace? Andy he was Mace there. He was, he was there at the time. He was living the dream. He was living the dream. Taste of Pain, another single from the album. This song was on the soundtrack for the film "Say Anything" before Mother's Milk came out in August 1989. So what they've got to do is get this recorded for the soundtrack. For that that very reason, Chad, no, he's got to go. Chad's got to go. Yes, the cinnamon. He's got to go and eat some of that trenery toast. Oh, absolutely. And what toast it is! It tastes like. Presumably, it tastes like. um, Tastes like pain. (laughs) <laughs> the drum on this song was Philip Fish- Fisher from the awesome band Fishbone. Now, as we know, uh, Amace loves all of this era. Completely. Yeah, oh, man. Amace How- is immersed in all of this more than anyone I know. Brilliant song with a video also on the Positive Mental Octopus VHS that he played to death. Well, we may have to look at this Positive Mental Octopus VHS if we get a hands-on one. Well, the video for Taste the Pain was also on the, What's Hit- the What Hits video. So what we need to do is... Uh, we can't talk about the video now, which of I did own. Did you? Yeah, I, I owned what hits on VHS, and that's where I got into Taste the Pain so heavily. And Chad, of course, is in the video. Oh yes, of course, yeah. But you what you used to talk about Taste the Pain a lot. Mm, I love I, Taste, and the I Man. used to think it sounds subtly different to the rest of the album. So, well, you I'm always not... said that to me, and 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 thus you weren't prepared to commit. I've never been that into Taste the Pain. No, but, but for me, but... over the years, yeah. I've certainly got more into it. And now Under the Bridge. Very good. Oh, the- yes, very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, uh, Taste the Pain is one of the songs that defined my, the early days of my fandom. Yeah, absolutely, because you were What Hits crazy, weren't you? Uh, well, I was. I owned two VHSs, What Hits and Psychedelic. They both featured songs. They both featured none of the songs that I would then go on and get fully into. But I'm quite pleased that I owned them first. I didn't know, that simply isn't true.
1: No, because, but,
0: no, no, no but looking back, it's, I think it's good to hear the early stuff early, because the stuff that becomes more commercial later... Yeah, yeah but, but the first thing I heard was blood sugar. That's, uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Right, okay, so what and you, you just said was I, a lie. Yeah, well, it wasn't a lie, but it wasn't, it wasn't factually correct. Because I, then I processed it and realised, and now this is my full and frank... I'd love you know. to see you in court. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm up No, up No, my lad... It wasn't a lie; it was just factually incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is a difference. What is it? Well, a lie is is an, no, untruth, tell you what, an it, untruth told purposely. Yeah. Okay. A, so a factually, factually incorrect, incorrect, incorrect statement is just what happens. You might yeah. have made a mistake. Yeah. I just made a mistake. An honest yeah, mistake. I'll say this to you. Yeah. A lie, is, is a lie. lie. Well, that and a lie is a lie, but a factually incorrect statement is a factually incorrect statement. Mm. You know, and the fact that you just made that jokey comment doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't no, get it a no. cut. <laughs> uh, so, I heard Blood Sugar. Then I bought the two VHSs. And that was when I became entrenched in the, some of the earlier stuff. Which, I, without those, I probably wouldn't have done. And Taste of Pain was, was one of those. And, and it, was, it meant a lot to me in those early days. It really did. Also, on the Say Anything soundtrack, there's a longer version of Taste of Pain. Yes. Now the fabulous Pete Moore and FPM, as we know him, FPM. This is I've used fantabulous for Eddie. I've used fabulous for Hamish, and of course the original fabulous man was uh, FPM. I need to get a new adjective for everyone else, don't I? We need yes. Well, you do. You need to work on your adjectives. We can do that. Do that during during the week if you like. Yeah. yeah. No, I've got to research next podcast. We'll get together. Yeah, we can make five minutes, can't we? Some podcast adjective research. Adjective class. Pete was kind enough to record off the vinyl and send me a digital copy of it, which now you'll hear the differences to the extended version. Yes. What are your thoughts on that extended version? It's not as good, weirdly. Well, um, I, don't think that, I don't think it's weird. What they've done is they've taken the extended version, they've chopped out the extraneous bits yeah. and created a perfectly rounded piece. Yes. Because when I, before I listened to the extended version, I thought in that breakdown, which I, boom... Down, bam, bam, yeah. bam, I thought, oh, mate, I wish that went on twice as long. Yeah. Didn't hear the extended version. You yeah. think, no, actually, it doesn't need it's, to. Yeah. So the extended version has a longer intro with some more instrumentation on it. Not as good. It's got a bit, a longer break between chorus one and verse two. Not as good. It's twice as long. The cool long wah chords in the middle, which we'll get to go on for longer. And the breakdown is twice as long with a little break for a bit of short lead guitar and a little kind of bass lick from Flea. And for me, that's not as good. I think by far the best version is the. The the album version, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I I really would. I've I've written beefy, and this is amazing. You've done copious notes. Beefy, what does it mean? It means, God, you know how that sounds... meaty. Yeah, meaty, full sounding, full of flavour. Yeah, I know it's huge, yeah, but, and as you say, it sounds nothing like anything they've done since. Right, doesn't really sound like anything on this album. Uh, there's, there's bits that do, but overall it doesn't. That's the, I think that's the other reason why I never thought it sat particularly comfortably on the album, is it doesn't sound like the rest of the album and it sounds like a song out of time, mm. which, it, which it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the swan, the swan vocally is astonishing on this. And when I, when I think of this, I, I quite often think, oh, he, you know, there's not many examples of him singing with that kind of high-pitched He's superb. screaming. He's but superb. then when you listen to Stone Cold Bush mm. and Fire, mm. <laughs> he sings like that on both of those songs as well. But he doesn't sing like that anymore, and he doesn't really sing like that on any of the subsequent albums. No, this sounds like, this sounds like a, a period of time where, he had, where his delivery style had evolved from what it had been earlier, got to yeah. this point, and then moving on into Blood Sugar, is nothing like what he's nothing. doing here. No. And does... I think this is an evolution of what he did earlier, yeah. which then kind of took a full stop here moving into Blood Sugar. Yeah. But he's great on this song. He sounds... Oh, amazing. he sounds He sounds... Top, a, of, top of his range. Untamed. Just, a wild man. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's brilliant highs. There's fantastic lows, which do then go seep into some, like, you know, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, for example. Where he, you know, he's got a great baritone. The more baritone, yeah, yeah, the more baritone stuff. But, I mean, but his range here is incredible. His noise making, uh, he had been a noise maker before, yeah, like like yay 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 and all that stuff. Yeah, oh that, <laughs> why, I man. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Magic. It it t- that then tailed off as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Into, yeah, exactly. It just again. doesn't just doesn't happen again really on any other album. It, it's. And that, coupled with the brilliant musicianship and the brilliant composition of this song, is what allows it to be such a tremendous, full piece of music. It's a very well written song. It's not. It's not. It's. Tr- it's got. It's sort of throw. You know, the tribal nature of the backing singing, mm. the swan doing is mm. sort of wild noises can easily distract you from the fact that what you're dealing with here is a brilliant well written piece of songwriting. Well and also a well edited piece of songwriting. Because as we've once you've heard the extended version, yeah, you realise that this needs to have bits cut out. Yeah. A filmmaking a filmmaking term is, is kill your darlings. And I mean, sometimes right. you need to take out your favourite bits. Yeah. Like I bet Flea loved oh, sorry, Mickey B the Flea. Yeah. Loved that little bass bit in the in the in the extended breakdown. Yeah. But it doesn't work for the song. He no, that's right. That's right. And especially if you're going to release it as a single. Yeah, it needs to be under X amount. And it, and it needs to be a slimline tonic. In a really tasty gin, I'd go as far as to say. I've got time for Wow. <laughs> what are you drinking? Are you drinking your sponsor? Mother Russia. We'll get to that. Do not suffer. That is toasty. Now, the album version is 4.31. The extended cut is about 4.56. Even 431's is pushing it for a single yeah, nowadays. Exactly. I think back in the day, you could, you could get away with more. I think actually, I think what happened was uh, back in the sixties, you'd have like three minute singles, I like, yes. a lot of the Beatles early singles were. Yeah, and, and out. then and then you got to the sort of four and four And then you got to the mark. more extravagant mark of the eighties. Oh, well, that what that slash, really ni- slash 90s, Oh, the nineties. You thought the eighties were extravagant. The nineties were ridiculous. Then it, they start to tighten up in into the two thousands. Yeah, the nineties when everything started to tighten up to get worse. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's several reasons for that. We can't go into him. I've got to say something about the swan's delivery. Please do. And it's this era delivery we were just talking about, where he says, uh, No, not at all. That's how oh, I yeah. say it, not at all. The swan says, And <laughs> now I'm not at all. <laughs> he also says, This may come as a shocking surprise. He also says, Headlights! <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I, he says the word surprise on <laughs> a song off um, Return of the Dream Canteen. In uh, Listening to Rot DC, I thought, oh, isn't it funny how um, he says the word surprise? My mm. mother said there would be some surprises. That came to you as a shocking surprise. It did. It did. <laughs> and, then, and then I remembered this. This is not the first time we've heard him say surprise. And uh, it's just something I'd had to mention. Let's jump in, shall we, to our man in the northeast. We know him. You know him. There's JJ, Magic Johnson, Mr Jack That's Johnson. That's right. Who is now in a Red Hot Chili Peppers covers band. He is. and is great. Uh, well, of course, we're still desperately hoping to put together a track. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that'll come. That'll come. That'll come. Maybe, maybe 2023 is the year. Who knows? Taste the pain. 26 seconds. Great production on this track, says uh, Magic. Yeah, well, I, I must admit, this of all three songs we're covering tonight was the one I wanted to hear from Jack from the most. You can hear how small that Tom is and how tight it's tuned as, as he plays that Phil's coming from the verses. And when he does come in, how Christ. tight he has the snare tuned. Tom and Phil. It's Yeah, and little Philip A work, small yeah. Tom and a big <laughs> Phil. <laughs> 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 Correct, Two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> so this is... Now, do you think Fish bought in his own kit or was playing Chad's kit at the time? Well, Fish was well known for playing a particularly small top, but using a big fill to make up for it. Greatest dynamics going to the chorus, then back out into side stick on the snare. This is DTP, a drum technical point. Side stick is where you use the side of your drumstick to hit the rim of the snare instead of the middle of the skin. Chad uses this technique quite often in more ballad-type songs. Under so, the bridge. Under the bridge. It's a good way to build tension and a way to use dynamics while still having a backbeat. Two thirty-five. This would have been great to see live because we know how much improvising there'd be. It's almost like a mini drum solo section, but there's nothing done that's too flashy. Then back into the side okay, section. Okay, so that's like, like the bam, ba-dam, bam 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 bam. bam.
1: Oh!
0: This may come as a shocking surprise. surprise. Thank you, JJ. Great stuff. In fact, should we go? No, we'll go to Aiden a bit later on. We'll go to Aiden a bit later on. So I like the intro and all the kind of backwards stuff, the little um, kind of one tone bends from John, a little bass line from Flea, because it means it doesn't come straight into the vocal. Because I'm not so keen on songs where it comes straight into the vocal line. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts? Well, also, for me, and it is for you <laughs> it is it, it is. is it is um it acts nicely as a, as a as a kind of sandwich because you've got that at the start and then you've got that lovely play out which isn't necessarily backwards but it kind of gives that same feeling okay yeah because also on the outro there's some backwards stuff as well yeah, there is some backwards you get, stuff. you get that kind of backwards delivery again yeah i thought that was so you consider the intro to be one slice of bread the outro to be another and the middle bit to be the filling Uh, Well, how else do you build a sandwich? A a pain filling. A filling that tastes like pain. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Yeah, a pain sandwich. Taste it. (laughs) I'd rather not. Uh, Well, I think... (laughs) Oh, 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 I dare you to go to Subway tomorrow and say, I'd like a pain sandwich. Yeah, okay. That is a dare I'll take out. There's no money involved. No money involved. involved I probably won't do it, (laughs) Okay, Okay, verse one. Interesting bass-guitar relationship. Bass is really prominent, but really simple. And we will come to Aidan about this shortly. Are you talking about at the start? Or all the way uh, through uh, the verse part? Mm. I've never really noticed that bass part before, weirdly. Because what I'm listening to is that really busy, overdriven wah part that John's playing in the right ear. And well, John... Yeah, go on. I agree. I've written wonderful, wandering bass. Right, OK. Well, it's, to me, it was always just those double stops with a whole lot of percussive muting from John. Mm. It's the classic, you're only playing one, one or two notes, but you're playing them repeatedly, but you're keeping the wrist moving. Yeah. So that it's like... The yeah, sh- that's yeah, yeah. the start of the get fight. So that you keep that rhythm going. That's what Nuno said. It's a guitar technical point. Again, it's a GTP, the first one for ages. We haven't had a GTP for a long time. Nuno Bettencourt from Extreme was a drummer before he became a guitarist. And his tip to keep rhythm and to keep it funky was always keep your strumming hand going in time with the beat yeah. and just play the strings when you need to. Or mute the strings and keep it percussive. Yeah. Nino, thank you. Nino, you're welcome to come on, on the podcast. He doesn't even listen. Well, we don't know that for sure. Well, let's find the bass notes. Aiden tells us. For now, this, will, this, will, this... Again, you know, I was looking forward to Jack's. I'm equally looking forward to Aidan's. Chad says the less bombastic approach of Philip Fisher on drums allows Flea... What? Is it less bombastic, though? Because I think he's doing a... Maybe it's, less, maybe it's less aggressive, but it's certainly a big drum sound. It's a big... Yeah. I, I mean, it is a big drum sound, but, you know, we'll go with less bombastic. OK, the less bombastic approach of Philip Fisher allows Flea to experiment with a different feel. I've always thought the offbeat bass line to Taste the Pain was his tribute to the bass line of If You Want Me To Stay By Sly The Family Stone which RHCP actually covered on Freaky Styly. Truth. Playing notes exclusively on the offbeat helps to give the track a cool, funky feel, which plays nicely against the more standard slap line in the chorus. The jazzy, improvised section at the end allows Flea to stretch out a little more, and is perhaps a precursor to the outro of My Lovely Man, which features a similar approach. Also, also, it gets very... It gets very one-hot minute. Well, yeah, you say that to me straight away. It gets very one hot minute that outro, but we'll we'll, we'll, get, there. we'll but that, get there. but it's, 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 it's that aspect of the song which for me and it g- is. gives every, it rounds it off perfectly. It comes in, it builds nicely, builds love, nicely into the chorus, then it takes you back down into the second verse, then you have the, the wonderful build, and the final build into the into the final chorus is brilliant. you can't just race through that lot like in one go. Let's talk about the chorus then. Let's talk about the chorus. Yeah, okay. What's your thoughts? I know you love it. I do, but just when we listen to it just then, it's a, it's a simple chorus, as so many Chili's choruses are. It's, it's a four-liner. Walk away and taste the pain. Come again some other day. Aren't you glad you weren't afraid? Funny how the price gets paid. Funny how the price gets paid. Repeat that again. You've done it. But what you've got going on apart from Justice Swan doing that is immediately they waste no time in getting that massive backing vocal going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd think your traditional build of a song, you wouldn't have that in on the first time round. No. Or you might have one voice doing it. Not, not at that time in their, in their, in their um, tenure. No, that's right. And, and, and this. But this, it goes big straight away. It goes big earlier, but you're also getting beefed out by the cello. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Are you getting beefed out by the cello at this point? Oh, maybe not at this point, but later on. So, so when you say they're bringing this in early, then they beef it out they with they the, be out the cello. Yeah, okay. And then they beef it out with the horns. So, okay, okay. So, so there is build. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But what have you got this going on? I love this guitar part from John, because you've got the left ear a distorted picked notes going on, quite heavily distorted in left ear. Yeah. And in the right ear, you've got strung chords. So, for example, at 47 seconds, where Swan uh, walk away and taste the pain, that's primarily, co- prim- primarily covered by single heavy hit notes. 49 seconds, that, that second bar is primarily strummed chords over mm-hmm. in the other ear. So, so it's, it's, like a, it's a real kind of call and response thing. Yeah. Although in both bars, while one thing is happening, the other thing also plays a part in that bar. So in bar two, the single note stabs walk up to the, walk up into the next one while the strumming is going on. Yeah. Listen to the chorus, listen to just the guitar, the left and the right ear. You've got single note stuff going on and you've got a response from the chords going on. It's superb. It's superb. And I'd never listen to this song in that in that level in of that detail, detail yeah. with a really, really good quality pair of headphones on. Well, you do need it for this for this particular album. I love the sound as well of the guitar, the, the more, the, the, the rhythmic, the, the rhythm guitar, the chordal guitar yes. in the chorus. It's a really hollow, just slightly driven sound. It's, it's fantastic. I'll go as far as I say, I know John doesn't like, you know, we all famously know Beinhorn, Michael Beinhorn was pushing for a more muscular, overdriven sound, a more distorted sound. Yeah, John was pushing back like, against could, it. Well, could, or didn't feel that he could push back no. potentially. I, would I, love liked... the, I, I love the sound of the guitars on this album. Yeah, I know they're right up your alley. We we, we touched on this, didn't we, in part one and two? We, is this part three? This is part three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I li- I like I, I, I this song as a case in point. I love. I wouldn't necessarily change the sound of the guitar, but you know, as we as we know where things went over time, and we know what you know kind of player John is. This isn't what necessarily what springs to mind. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I do love this era. Apparently this was the first time John was in a recording studio full stop. Yeah. Well, I can well believe that. He was only 18 years old. Yeah, he was a very, very young man. I didn't enter... I've never entered a recording studio, <laughs> in fact. And uh, I'm 41 I entered when I was 18 First time You did first time Did you get Were you forced to play In a style that you weren't Necessarily comfortable with <laughs> I was we, Well we were forced to mix Songs out swearing You did We you weren't did, allowed to perform them Twice You did You did play in In this particular Way in, with, with this kind of sound I was I was very a very boss Late 80s uh, uh, know, well, I was the boss B5 Yeah Bored That's what they called you Well they called me Benny Boss B5 Bored <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> Yeah uh, yeah, I certainly had this muscular-driven sound. Yes, you did. It's the source of sound. Yeah, but you—you you were far more comfortable with it. I listen to this and think, well, the thing is also like John had stuck was, I think when he joined the band, he was playing much more metal style or guitars, like humbuck, humbucking driven guitars, like Ibanez's yeah. and stuff. Um, so I don't think this is completely alien to him, but maybe well, he no. was, but you watch the live stuff. It's, it's all heavily driven. It's, it's all distorted to match the album, but he doesn't look like he's not enjoying that. No, he loves it. And, he, and it's, It sounds like it comes so naturally. You know, you would, wouldn't you? But it's still brilliant. The juxtaposition between, like, the chorus of Taste of Pain, where you've got massive, big, big uh, overdriven guitars against the less overdriven guitar, it's a wonderful combination. Yeah. Yeah, Um, it is. It it, it, it is. To me, me, for me, and it is for me, (laughs) I love John's guitar sound. And you now love Taste of Pain. I love Taste of Pain. Yeah, of course you Love do. taste the pain. You're only humour. Moving into verse two, I'll tell you what I enjoy. We've got single chord stabs in the left ear that come on verse two. On the two and the four count. So John's repeating himself on the other guitar, in the other ear, but in the left ear, we've got some chord stabs. A little build-up. And we were talking about the build, weren't we? Oh, you were. Right, it's crucial. And here he, you're talking about the cello coming in and building further. Yes. Comes in on this verse at 128. A rising cello line. It's wonderful. Sounds so full and rich, doesn't it? Uh, I think it, I think digitally, uh, on what I'm listening to the, the the remastered CD, it feels over. It feels too high in the mix for me. Yeah. When we listened on your vinyl before we came and spoke about it, it sounded it, it sounded. I didn't notice it until it does what it does at 141, where it goes from just being in one ear. And it goes over both ears to build into the, into yeah, the chorus. Yeah. it sounds fantastic. I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about the you know the, the age old battle of analog versus digital. A versus D. We all you know we all know that that battle rages on. However, I will say that listening to Mother's Milk, analog, an- analogly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the vinyl. Yeah, listen to it on my record player. Hmm. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, has been an absolute joy. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great. I've enjoyed it. So that's what it's all about, isn't it? Can we also, I think we should just Also, say, I do think you can hear the bass a bit more. Well, yeah, because I lose the bass in the chorus on Taste the Pain. Yeah. When everything else comes up. And we've spoken about Mother's Milk, where you, we've both felt that you lose the bass at times. Now, the bass is, gets swallowed up. Yeah, but it's very prominent on the, on the verse now that you... Even though earlier I said I'd never heard it. Yeah, once you listen for it, it's it's actually sticking out. Yeah, I ju- I, I mean it's, I, for me it's still, it still gets lost a little bit, but maybe not quite as much. It's not perfect by any means. Well, I think this is one of the albums where the band, a the songs got well. If Mickey B could have his time again, what Mickey B the Flea? I'm sure he would. I thought it would time Mickey B, Mickey Beinhorn. You got to What happened here with Mickey Beinhorn? Is As opposed to Mickey B, the Flea. the Flea. Is stuff was edited without the band's knowledge, did other songs where stuff is cut out and mm. what the band then heard was different versions to what they'd recorded. That's just bang out of order. It is bang out of order. It's one of the reasons. Listen to the, I mean, John's stuff on the Broken Record mm. podcast, he, he talks about it's one of the reasons why they were changing record label is because they didn't feel they had creative control over the final product. But but not having creative control over the final um, the final edit yeah. seems careless as a band I have to say well it's certainly an undesirable situation yeah but if I if they're my songs and I've written them yeah. I would be I would be in there mixing those tracks certainly you think John would have been saying really? hey, just I remember he's he's as, as he's he's as fresh as ne- a daisy he's even. never even been into a recording studio you <laughs> and nor have you no I know exactly and but if I, I have. Did, if I did I wouldn't feel comfortable arguing with a you Know with record executives about creative control, it's just well, not you're not, uh, I suppose, it's you're not, not arguing that. with the execs. You'd probably have yeah, you, with... if you are, you're having to, if you're you, I wouldn't feel comfortable fighting for my for, for my songs. you're right to that age, that inexperienced. Okay, well, it, the long and short of it is that on the uh, the remastered versions, you have the versions that they want you to hear, yeah, and I think important. that's the important thing, isn't it? Eventually. Those versions have have come to full circle. Love it as you go into chorus two. You've got a bit of shaker, cooler shaker. Crispin Mills, yes. It's squeaky enough for you that chair? <laughs> hey, pre-solo. Yeah, love those long wah soap chords into it. Again, John's ju- juxtaposing the long... I can't long, believe I taught you that well, and now you the, use it so lo- Those long readily. chords with more heavy descending stuff in the right ear sounds amazing. When you hear this kind of bit, you think that Fish was the perfect fill-in drummer. The lightness of touch on the ride symbol here is... Yeah, absolute, it's just perfection. It's point. Yeah. It's absolute point. It's point. That mm, I means good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> trumpet solo. What do you make of the trumpet solo? Yeah, well, I think it's absolutely what the song needed. It, you've got that tribal feel with the backing vocals. And for me, the trumpet is an extension of that. Is it? Yeah. I said it's more jazzy feel, but. Well, not necessarily in style, but in feeling. Okay. Well, I think it fits perfectly. Yeah. In fact, this is my favourite trumpet playing from Flea on any, any Chili Pepper song. Because if I, if I was to go. Oh. Yeah. Like that in a tribal kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then do a trumpet noise mm. like this. Bow, bow. Bam, bam. No,
1: no.
0: no it can't I, I see. You see how they complement each other. Yeah, but only if you do them exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's just an example. Okay. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> no, you're quite, right. <laughs> I feel like quite I right. It's a tribal feeling of the trumpet matching up perfectly. Wouldn't I do it? love I do love that first fade in part where Flea comes in really sort <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah. That's See? very tribal. It's very tribal. Yes.
0: Great control. By far my favourite. Um, yeah, favourite. I think it just adds to what we've already spoken about. Those tribal vocals, mm. the cello, and now this trumpet. Love the uh, in the breakdown section. There's tambo. Let's <laughs> 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 the get <getaway> again. <laughs>
1: Yes! Seal
0: <laughs> it just, If you want to talk about the getaway, just talk about the getaway. We've covered it. i got a cruise and We've got yeah, no. like to do it again. Okay. We'll have to do it again. Of course, we're re- we'll record all the episodes again once we run out of content. So. Yeah, I love the breakdown from 235. The tambo is double timing it. The drum fills are huge, aren't they? We've talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Well done, Fish. Well, I've, I've written this. The Fish's drums are excellent throughout and really anchor the whole thing. Got it. Yeah, I completely agree. They, they smooth out the transitions, hmm. but they don't just do that. They add, you know, they, they are what catch the ear so, so often. Let's get to verse three. Okay. The cello's in from the start, 245 in the left ear, just to thicken it out, <laughs> just and to that, thicken it out. Of course, the tribal sounding cello sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Here's the trumpet. Then the trumpet. And the backing t- vocals. T- the trumpet's more
1: like this.
0: And the backing vocals.
1: Uh, okay,
0: you do the backing vocals. I'll do the... Cello? cello. <laughs> okay. Two, three, four. Uh, now, if you do the trumpet, I'll do the, you do the... You do both the backing vocals and the cello at the same time. Okay. And I'll do the trumpet. All okay. right. And now you do the backing vocal, and I'll do the tambourine. Okay, two, three, four. Ah, is that how the getaway away goes? (laughs) Yes. Great thing about verse three is there's some really nice build on the guitar as well. Go from go from the start of verse three. Bars one and two, there's no stabs in the left ear. There's no single chord stabs in the left Stabs removed. The stabs have been um, had been set up in verse two. No stabs in verse one. Set up in verse two on the two and four count. Yes. So for verse three, bars one and two, no stabs at all. Bars three, four, five, and six, one stab on the two count. Bars seven, eight, and nine, stabs on the two and four count. Yes. Like in verse two, and bar ten strumming that that single chord into the chorus so what a fantastic build from john to establish that he's not only changing it up from what he did in second verse he's building all the way to the chorus yeah. and then as we listened you said listen to that slide from john at 307 Yeah, <tossed> into the, into the last chorus i just wish he'd gone gone on to do a Kind of, you know, one of his very famous background solos. But there is a background solo. I know there is. It comes in later on. Yeah. But I thought that From could that have been point, that could have been the launch. Well, no, I it. think it's another build because they they then sing the chorus and then it goes and then round he, again and, yeah. then it, and then it comes and then in. He so starts to like die. big Ben's no spill at two twenty eight three forty six yeah, and three forty seven, for example. Yeah, but they all. But it's well. Uh, correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels to me at that point that it's more sort of individual pieces. Than a solo? I think there is solo work going on and they're the bits you notice just because yeah, they're the highest they stand bends. out a bit yeah, more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Lovely uh, from the Swan. Well, ay-ay-ay-ay-ay! Ah, now that's where he's fit, trying to fit in with all the build-up. Because, of course, you've got the tribal backing vocals, the cello, the strings. So he thinks, what can I do? This now tribal? John doing this tribal uh, backing work. Solo. So the Swan thinks, I'm going to do the yeah yeah,
1: yeah, 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 I got a tie the plane.
0: Oh, this is fantastic. You're more like um, Miles Kennedy there? Yeah? That's what they call me. So you sing, you sang that line in the stars of both the Guns N' Roses singers? Yes. yeah. Right, he, Miles Kennedy never sang for Guns N' Roses, but... No, he sang for Slash, Slash and, yeah, uh, and the, the Snake yeah. Pit. No, uh, the, the Conspirators. conspirators. Yeah. Fantastic band. Never seen them. Saw them at Stoke... No, I didn't. That's the thing I keep watching on YouTube, Stoke so Hall. Cool. Oh, they're playing Stoke Hall. So <laughs> yeah, that's my did you, was see, you didn't see them in Leeds either, did you? No, I saw them in London. I know someone who saw them in Leeds. Leeds! At the American well, as it was then and maybe is still now, but I'm not sure. The Amex Arena in Leeds is uh, just an unbelievable venue. At the outro is very, very one-hot, minute. Um, I, I've written down, you can see why they picked Dave Navarro. Oh, have you? Hmm. Because okay. it sounds like airplane. Yeah, It sounds no, like an uh, airplane. N- it's not necessarily something that I'd picked up on, but I can see where you're coming from. Right. Shall we? Yeah. The sponsors. Oh, no. Are you done? Have you got any more notes? I've written down, uh, to finish off, I've written a total success. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I completely agree. It's a total success. It is. Well done, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You've tasted the pain and you've come away smelling of roses. One, two, three, four. What you drinking? Go more than oh, enough. Yeah, for you will. Over and over and over See again. Now, over over with all See my go friends. Now, what you drinking? What are you drinking, Sam? I'm drinking toast. Toast. Here's to change. Session IPA. Citrusy. 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 Hoppy. Planet saving. Four point five percent. Brewed with surplus fresh bread, ridiculous. That's right. Malted barley and modern American hops—a well-balanced hoppy IPA. The shit with you light drink. haze. The shit you drink. You're drinking bread beer. Take it to the right, mouth. Here we go, straight to mouth. This is this is the last large mouthful. <laughs> Fucking bread beer. It's been. There. No, no, no. it's made a face. Also, you didn't like it when you first tasted it, either, did you? Quite strong in, in terms of taste. Yeah, it tastes like bread. Um, Mouthfeel? Mouthfeel. Tough. No, sinister. <laughs> oh, it's left-handed, everyone. Taste. Gross. Bready. Un- Unlikeable. <laughs> um, overall, wouldn't buy it again, but glad I dr- I've drunk it. You know, I've, I've reaped the benefit. Oh, I've got it into the bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, thank God. So there is a positive to be taken. Okay, Uh, but you know, Toast, if you do want to send me some beers, (laughs) uh, please. Some better beers. Please don't. I am sponsored this week by Carly. (laughs) Okay, excellent. They came to me again through Tesco's. Yes, yes. Always a pleasure to work with them. Of course. Goes into the bloodstream sweet, easy, and true. Where's it brewed? Ooh, here. Don't know. I know. Go on then. Somewhere on Trent. Sucking man, doesn't know? I do know. Ran, I ran that off with a lovely suck on my oh mouth here. This one? Hard <laughs> <100 laughs> round, hard <laughs> <laughs> round.
1: Oh, really
0: enjoys it. Okay, one, two, three, four. What you drinking? Go more uh, than uh, enough uh, for you. Sing well, it, over, sing and, it, over sing and over and over again. Now, over with boop, all boop, my boop. friends. What you drinking? Now, brother, we move into another Stone Cold Classic. Yeah, you heard me. I heard you. It's Stone Cold (laughs)
1: Bouge.
0: Well, as the temperature in the garage drops... Drops to the temperature of the bush. We're both stone cold. But stone cold happy? Of course. I'm stone cold thrilled. I'm stone cold ecstatic. This is peak, peak mother's milk era red hot chili peppers for me, Sam. What do you make of it? Raw energy. Raw energy? I think that's a fantastic way to describe it. I'm going straight straight to Amy's. An instant classic as soon as I heard Press it. Chris, I'm didn't want much from me then. <laughs> <laughs> Almost nothing, in fact. If, if, if it could just be me and AMAE. Yeah, I just that would... managed to say we we're all energy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, got anything else to say? No, that's it. Please carry on. An instant classic as soon as I heard it. Says Aimace. This song is everything. Chili Peppers. It's a fast, funky. It's fast, funky, and heavy. It has that super cool bass break, bass solo break. The guitars are heavy but funky. The drums pummel along. Perfect. This is one of the songs on Sex Funk that I'd watch over and over. They look so cool on that video. Also, I think this is the one on Psychedelic Sex Funk Live From Heaven where the swan uses his walking, walking stick, stick as a golf, a golf club. club. Yeah. yeah, which is, um, you know, I think we've all done. It wasn't until a recent JF interview with Rick Rubin on the Broken Record podcast that I was aware this song, or the basis of it, was from a band JF was in prior to Chili Peppers. What an amazing tune to put on the table when writing the album. Incredible. Hey, Mace, great input. Thank you very much. The man on the scene, in the time. Living the dream. Let's talk about that, then, because apparently, according to John on the Broken Record podcast, talking to Rubin, uh, this was written by uh, John D.H. Pellegro or Pellegro. I'm never quite sure what to say, so from now on, we'll just be referred to as D.H. Okay, is that how you... Uh, okay, right, fine. How are you going to say it? Pellegro or Pellegro? I think it's a set long run and... No, I was just going to say DH. Well, you pick... No, just DH now. Fine. And bassist Robert Hayes. So apparently John was in a... I'm still <laughs> wearing my headphones. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them off. I felt I was talking Oh, about. did you hear what I said earlier? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Raw energy. Amos. Let's go to Amos. <laughs> <laughs> right. So John was in... Before he joined the Chili's, was in a Chili's esque band with D. H. and a bassist called Robert Hayes, and they wrote the. Well, they say John said they wrote "Stone Cold Bush," mm. so uh, unlikely they wrote the lyrics because the Swan is um, is credited I, on the song. I mean, if anyone else wrote those very much Swan esque <laughs> lyrics, I'd be surprised. No, it was Robert Hayes. The question what, that, the, the question I have okay. is. Why, if DH is credited on it, why isn't Robert Hayes credited, credited on it? Is it because DH was a known factor and perhaps Robert Hayes wasn't? That's one, that's one possible answer to that question. I simply don't know. No. Okay. But, I um, will not be drawn on it. No, no, you certainly won't. But what lyrics, as you say? Um, should we think about a couple of lyrics? Apparently, it, apparently it's about... Uh, a lady a of the night. A lady of the night, of course. Stone Cold Bush. Mm. You're not taking any loving from it, particularly you are no, just... No, well, you know, I, I, I've never been a lady of the night. Um, but I can't imagine it's particularly exciting in that particular... Well, I think it, what's lacking is the emotion. So there's no right. emotion loving, so it's That's a, right. a stone-cold bush. Yes. Says the swan. That's right. I looked up on um, Urban Dictionary to look up the line... Smoke rock that rock and, and suck that cock. cock. So I did look up... Um, Cock smoker <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and yeah, you found what you normally find. <laughs> <laughs> look, I did look up something. I didn't write down what I looked up. No, probably best. what I've got is I can't believe you're talking about it on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh smoker. I did I did I you did, did click look at that link. link. I did click that link. And what what was it exactly? It's as someone who is so obsessive about sucking the pee... Right, that they practically inhale it. Oh, I mean, this is unsavory. I'm not comfortable with this whatsoever. Well, gaze into my eyes as I can no, talk I about. No, wrong that. Also, um, the the cock cockerel could be. <laughs> cockerel. I think we can say cock because this one says cock. Yeah, it's fine. But if we could, from now on, if we could refer, refer as, the to it as the cockerel, the cockerel, okay. <laughs> the cockerel. Okay, the cockerel. apparently, could also be the glass cockerel, the crack pipe. Oh, in which fine. the the rock, the, the might rock goes, and she sucks that oh so well, because she's a, a, an addict of the... Cockerel. No, the rock. Ah, the rock. The rock so, rock. I think of the two... I'd rather I think, talk about the rockerel. <laughs> <laughs> I think of those two readings, yeah. I think she's probably um, doing what she does with the rock, mm. and, and then, the um, then the cockerel, rather than the... The cockerel being the glass cockerel, the crack pipe. Mm. Okay, well, I, I, I have really no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I'm glad we, we've cleared it up. Anyway. <laughs> good. Well, that's the third verse. You're very keen to get onto that. Oh, I just <laughs> want to say one thing to you. <laughs> sure. I just want to what? say one thing to Go you. Go on, man. this to me is the definitive mother's milk sound oh again it, did def- s- i thought no not the last one did you no, no you i said, said, the said that wasn't was i said i said it was the out of time. An outline. yeah right this is definitive um rhcp mother's milk here, right? yeah i think i think you're right because i think this is one of the best songs on the album it's brilliant some of the more, more well known tracks, uh, Knock Me Down, High Ground, yeah. don't give off this particular energy. Oh, this, this is nothing but energy. Nothing but energy. I'll confess, over the years, I've always liked this song, but I've never been, I've never fully appreciated it as a whole. I've in, I've enjoyed the, the raw energy. I've enjoyed the hecticness that it brings. I've enjoyed some aspects of it. I love. I, I love. She's done cold brush, yeah. Oh, baby, that's all right. And the way those lyrics interplay with, it's so perfectly timed with the instrumental parts. But I've always sort of glossed over it and as a as a kind of throwaway. But it's so much more than that. Well, let's talk about why we might love the instrumental parts, because here you've got Chad the Smith. You've got Chad the Miss Smith. You've got, Smith. Yes. You've got Mickey B the Flea. Yes. You've got John Anthony motherfucking Frusciante. Yes. And of course you've got, they call him Swan because he waves his magic wand. They come together perfectly here. Instrumentally, though, you've got those three lads. You've got the widespread of those guitars originally on that, on that iconic intro. That's unbelievable. Left by the way. ear, a high attack with muted strings as well. Okay, right here, heavy, heavy palm mutes, and it's so wide open. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Jump the other one Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's he's almost toying with his own toys. Yes, he is. If, if you can do that, the bass is doubling the walk up at the end of bar one as well, and doubling the classic stone cold riff on bar four, and nothing works as well without all of that happening no when you see it live in the old days it sounds yeah. great because john's playing one guitar line and he's obviously playing his part yeah. but without john's second part it doesn't yeah, work quite you as don't well don't get that width so you've got the bass walking up on and then the bass then going yeah it's brilliant yeah and that that's exactly what i've put Great interplay between Flea, Chad and John yeah. it's unbelievable and also the way Chad switches so at one, at one minute he'll be accenting Flea and then he'll switch to, to John that's it's, clever stuff isn't it it's, it's incredible it's the catching of the hi-hat that I love in this part of the song all the way through it's and he's like yeah. catch, he's catching yeah. them stopping them every time it, I mean that man is a myth the myth Smith if you will He's one of the only myths that is truthfully known. And when uh, she's Stone Cold Bush, yeah, with Flea doubling that vocal with the swan, yeah. and then the swan then releasing the response line yeah. Is, yeah. is great. And then, but also, she's that's Stone Cold yeah. Bush, but damn, yeah. and it's perfect. Yeah, But I love the way, and then, again, that's a build, that yeah. you've got Flea doing the Oh, sorry, so, that is the bit you, you no, no. Yeah. She's Stone Cold Bush, yeah, is, is the swan and flea. Yeah. And then the swan does the, and that's, like, that's right, right with me, line. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the song, they build it up when it's She's Stone Cold Bush. It's the three of them spread across yeah. the swan central and the two backing singers yeah. across the ears. And the way that bounces back in is incredible. Let's, we're talking about the drums. Let's see what our man in the northeast has got to say. We go once again to Mr. Magic. Johnson, This track is soaked with those mighty Chad Smith hi-hat stabs. The kick drum work on this track is immense too. He's accenting what Flea and John are doing with his right foot. This is a really great song. You can see the makings of a great band with this. Flea and Chad are locked all the way in. Love it. 125. Listen to Flea's accents and what Chad is doing with his kick drum. I feel like I'm just repeating myself over and over, but what he's doing with his right foot should not be underestimated. Or understated. It would be amazing if they bought this one out for live shows. So much energy and funk. I agree, not it? I agree with magic. I, I'd much rather they played this than uh, nobody weird. Nobody weird like me. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know what it's saying, but why not do both? Why not rotate those two? And this is what for me. This is this is a tangent, but this is what they should be doing live. And maybe they are to a certain extent, but have nobody weird. Have Stone Cold Bush and rotate those have something else off this album well, they teased uh, Good Time Boys nah, tease it all you like play it play the fucker that'd be amazing mate I'd love it for next time we're going to sit and play Good Time Boys I I've never, I've never, I've, never put, I've never put the emphasis on that Good Time Boys Good, good time, time Boys yeah <laughs> good good time boys that's how we always say it make me, me feel, feel good, good. jump give <laughs> me good, good times go hey yeah 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 good Good, good time, time, boys. Make me feel good. Sit. Gig me good times.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, what a tune. Do that one. Don't mind. <laughs> 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 but, uh, okay, back into Stone Cold Bush. Yeah, play that live. That would be awesome. Rotate the three for the love of God. And then at least you know you're getting one of three. I'd also accept Knock um, Me Down. So would I. Do you reckon the swan could do the um, key changer these days? Don't know. Well, you've had a key change in your life recently, haven't you? Have I? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, we've got a new lock for the front door. Yeah, and you've gone from a, a the top loader to a side loader. Well, yeah, that's right. We've gone from a vertical loading key to a horizontal loading key, and I tell you, it really is a big change. Mm. Uh, still adjusting, but uh, ho- you know, hopefully we'll be fully on board with it by the summer. Let's just see what we've got to say here. The Horizontal Key is for life, not just for Christmas. It's our sponsor, Horizontal Key. And now and we'll introduce it properly. And now a word from our sponsor, Horizontal Key. Ever wondered what life might be like if you had a Horizontal Key? Well, the Horizontal Key Company can answer that question. Just phone... Zero one zero two three eight eight nine four four six and we will send you a horizontal key via the postal system. But remember, a horizontal key is for life. Not just for Christmas. That was a word from our sponsor, horizontal key. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I love... Let's get to... She is... Star as Uncle... Key! (laughs) Okay, so... What a driving section this is, because what John's doing in the left ear is that continued high-percussive, kind of wah-soaked guitar. Yes. And in the right ear, there's huge descending power chords. Yes. in, in, In the... In the left here you've got something like... Uh, I can't do it. But in the right here, oh. you've got... What <laughs> no, 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 it's not that part. No, it's not She's Stone Cold Bush. She's Stone Cold Bush. And yeah, don't start doing Not that, no. But over the She's Stone Cold Bush it, I part... I thought I could going, do it. No, over the Stone Cold Bush part, it's going... Jing, 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 Into that. So you've got that going on, yes. plus the high wah guitar. It's great. Chad's huge toms on the first fill section, listen at 38 seconds. It's absolutely massive. That descending line with them all saying she's stone called Bush, which we talked about that when it's all of them singing that. Is that the most iconic part of Mother's Milk? Is there a, mo- a more iconic like right, three seconds, four seconds. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking as someone who's just listened to Stone Cold Bush, <laughs> <as> I am. <laughs> and who true. is now eulogising about Stone Cold Bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would say that, that that's probably not the most iconic part of Mother's Milk. It's very good. And, it, you know, I'm with you now on that. But there were bigger hits, and we have Forget just spoken right. about Taste the Pain. That's true. So... Yeah, but I don't think Toast Pain is can be put on the same level because it's not the, f- the proper band. But what about the um, tribal cello and the tribal trumpet? I mean, what about... Yeah, when we talked about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's They are both iconic. What well, the tribal getaway intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Which they then reused for the getaway. We're getting into the bass solo, okay? So we're going to our, right. own, and our that, bass that, ambassador. But this... Yeah, please, let's, let's hear what Aidan's got to say. Aidan says, Bass Ambassador Aidan Hampson. When I came into the pod garage, I spoke a lot about how the Peppers were a large part of my formative years on bass. I'll always remember the first time I heard that bass so in Stone Cold Bush, the sheer ballsiness of it and the confidence Flea has with his technique to deliver something that brazen. Mother's Milk is a pivotal album and you can hear a direct thread from this track to future songs like Coffee Shop and Aeroplane. For a bassist to stick a slap bass solo in the middle of a track is a bold move but he pulls it off every time and it's one of the reasons that we all love him so much. There's some great playing up to that point too especially with how locked in the bass is with the kick drum. Going back to what Magic Johnson was saying "Arm our man JJ none of this is easy to play and the little unison riffs that interspersed the verse are thrown away effortlessly. To maintain playing so hard at such a tempo is a real workout they play even faster live too. Get it back. Live, we say, but is that what Aiden said, or was that you at the end? That last part was me, right? I'm but sure Aiden would agree. There's, oh, I'm sure he would. There's another little interlude about how this links to one hot minute. I've mentioned it at the end of Taste of Pain. You did, Ben. Maybe that's one of the things they were thinking. Maybe at the end, they heard the end of Taste of Pain. Mm. They thought, Who plays like this? A young man called Navarro, he's got a gorgeous bottom. Maybe we can get him in. Mm. On a slight tangent, I would just like to say to Aidan and Amace and Jack, if they could include the word (laughs) effortless... Which word? Effortless... Go on. (laughs) Effortless... Effortlessly. 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 Yeah. In every and all of their correspondence... Mm then I think that would really keep you on your toes. Then you'd be However, I don't, think you, I'd just don't, stitch don't, myself yeah, up. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turns out that the reason I want them to stitch you up is because <laughs> I can't say it, but it. you can. <laughs> Did I say it wrong at that, when I was reading No, right? you just about managed to spit it out. <laughs> uh, which I thought might be, you know, later on might be a stumbling block, but now I've, um, you know, I've done myself in, so to speak. So do or don't. Uh, so to squeeze. So to squeeze, exactly. But no, exact, great points again. And both Jack and Aiden have spoken, spoken about that relationship between Flea and Chad. Mm. Uh, 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 well, all three, really. Um, this song is not just a load of noise. No. Anna walked in yesterday when I was listening to this and said, this album is a bit of a racket, isn't it? Ugh. Now... I, I can understand where that point of view may come from, listening to Stone Cold Bush and Fire. However... Fire more than Stone Cold Bush. Yes, yeah, but I used, to, I used to feel a bit like that for Stone Cold Bush. It's only, you know, you have, to, you have to give it a listen. Listen to those instrumental relationships. Listen to the swan's perfect delivery. There is nothing that I would change about this song now. But it is a song that demands attention and demands the listener to give it the credit that it deserves. Because as with Taste the Pain, I, I just think this is a perfectly formed track. And, and a key to that is what we've just spoken about, is the bass solo leading into the guitar okay, solo, which we'll I know you want to talk about. We're we'll going to get into the guitar solo. First of all, what I will say before we go there and you say it's perfectly formed is... What do you make of the odd noises during the guitar solo section? The sexy noises. Well, allegedly, but- Tracy Lords, the porn star. <laughs> you know, we won't get into that. In Scar Tissue, the Swan says that sometimes the battle, the back and forth between Michael Beinhorn and, and uh, John would have gone a lot worse if there wasn't constant uh, Tracy Lords porn on rotation to take John's mind off it I presume we know he was a fruity fellow at the time so what do you make of that, that particular section it reminds me of Rocket Cross. Yes, of course <laughs> <laughs> of course it does yeah. of course it does because you're my yes, brother it's another song you're, you and my brother
1: ah
0: oh god gonna hit my crap. oh the mere thought of this Tracy Lord's character <laughs> yeah. and and Axel Rose having sex with uh, was it Stephen Adler's girlfriend? Girlfriend? Ah, uh, potentially. Not sure. Uh, during, I mean, Rocket Queen's full of sexy noises. That really, I mean, I know that the noises do sort of permeate the solos, but they really only come to the fore very briefly. Why well, have them at all? I'm, well, it's I a mean, song we, about. Uh, yeah, go. On. You know, come on. You know, we've spoken about cockerels and rockerels, Yeah, and Prost- I know, but is there a need? There's no need for it. And there's no need for it. Now. I think uh, on Rocket Queen, but they're young men. Remember, mis- I they're, know. As would GNL. They- driven young men. Yeah, I know. It's it's ill judged. Is all I'll say. Well, I would say it's not. It's not that bad because. It's, it's barely noticeable if you don't know it's there. Yeah, it's less egregious than than Oh, yeah, for than sure. Rocket for, sure. Okay. for me, it's not a problem because it's, it, it's not really in your face. But, however, the bass solo and the guitar solo are in your face. Oh, and I'll tell the, you what's in your face, mate. John motherfucking Frusciante. Mm. He is... Oh, this solo... He can watch as much of that particular young lady as he likes if he's going to play the guitar like that. I completely agree. I love. Maybe it. that was the problem. I love his lead sound on this album. What we've got is five bars. I've written this down. I've broken this down. Five bars. Solo comes in at one, three, one seconds. Time check. Five bars of cool but kind of basic noodling. But still impressive. Yeah, it sounds great because it's smothered in water. Yeah. So you can do that kind of just mucking about. Yeah. for a bit it sounds really cool yeah there's some lovely high bends from 141 146 he goes crazy this tapping is Betancourt esque tapping yeah and he just he doesn't overdo it he drops it in for no. two bars and a, G- a gtp here we haven't done a gtp for a while tapping is where you are um You're playing on the fretboard, so you might be fretting, say, you're on the B string, which is the second highest string. You might be uh, fretting the third fret on the B string and the fifth fret on the B string. You're tapping higher up on the neck on the B string. It might be the 17th fret there. So you might hammer, pull off to the fifth, pull off to the third, hammer back onto the fifth, and tap on the 17th. That's one way of doing it. Bash. So what you're doing is you're both playing the guitar by hitting the fretboard with a finger, by tapping it with a finger, but also by... Because you're not picking the string with your picking hand, you're generating the sound by pulling off, which is by fretting a string and then releasing it to a lower string, and then hammering on, which is with your fretting hand literally hammering onto a fret to generate the sound of that christ that got in depth didn't there that was a real long one that's one way tapping works and what john's doing here is um playing that kind of thing but also just playing long sections where he's not tapping he's just doing the hammer pulls so it generates a different sound as well Mm. it's oh it's a masterclass of solo i absolutely love it so many so many techniques at 201 Oh, no, I'm not even finished. I'm not even finished. He thought There's he was. There's bar work here. There's oh, bar work great. here. And this was a young man doing bar work. Uh, oh, because, yeah. of course, you know... You, he was you, only 18. He the, couldn't even drink. He couldn't even drink in the bar in the he was working at. But he was, a, he was a glass collector, probably. He was a glass collector. Um, you, you know, you join a new band. You don't know whether they're going to be a success. He's thinking, I, I'd like to get some money you know, behind me. Yeah. Maybe a year's worth. Yeah. yeah, That's what they say, don't they? A year's worth. Uh, six months for an emergency. Six months for an yeah. emergency. A year's worth if you're particularly... Uh Martin Lewis says, always have six months saved. Okay, so John in the 80s is thinking, I need to get six months behind me for an emergency. I'm going to have to do some bar work. I'm not old enough, but I am prepared to collect glasses. The bar work at one fifty three seconds, 1 minute 53, is great. He does. He's doing a, a little four-note hammer pull-off section he repeats that three times and then each time he dips you know when you, you see him and he grabs the bar and he dips slightly like wow oh, of course I've seen, I've seen drunk men grab the bar and dip <laughs> he does that three times in a row it's subtle but it's brilliant yes oh man disc guitar solo disc guitar solo and at the end of it what, 201 as the building D chord comes in mm. he holds the mother of all screaming bends yeah I love it Fire! what a belter of a tune. And another example, it's the third example of a song that is different to other things that you might expect from the album. This one, from the Uplift Mofo Party Plan era, I believe recorded in 1987. Yes. And this is why some people say it's a mishmash. Others say it's a smash. But this with Hillel and Jack Owens. So... What's the thinking? Do you have any facts for me here, Sam? I do, Ben. Talk me through. This fire was the first cover the Red Up Chili Peppers ever played. Lovely. We're talking May 30th, 1983 at the China Club. These facts come courtesy of, out in LA, Red Up Chili Peppers in 1983. Highly recommended. You can win that under competition. All you've got to do is name the three songs that these three words come from. It's a huge competition. Out in L.A. LA. 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 Hendrixian, you described it as previously, before I made you stop and we started recording again. That's right. (laughs) Written by Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Recorded by the Jimi Hendrix Experience in 1967. Yeah. Now, there's that part where um, the swan is talking about uh, our Move Over Rover. Now, originally... Of course. Now, this song is called Fire, actually, and I'm just on the Wikipedia page here. Yes. That this is, this nice. is like your level of research. <laughs> it's it. Despite its sexual overtones, the song had an innocuous origin. Noel Redding, bass player of the Experience, invited Hendrix to his mother's house on a cold New Year's Eve in Folkestone. Hendrix asked Noel's mother if he could stand next to her fireplace to warm himself. She agreed, but her German shepherd was in the way, so Hendrix let out with, Ah, move over, Rover, and let Jimmy take over. Okay. Mm. See, imagine you know being so vocally gifted that you could just mo- ask a dog to move, and it makes its way into a a famous song. We won't, you know, we won't say as as Hamish rightly pointed out in the book, this is not a, a you know a, a very particularly fa- at the time, especially not a particularly famous Hendrix song. It was a bit of a deep cut. But it's a it's a it's it's a good song. song but by oh, Hendrix. it's a very it's a good, good song. song by Hendrix, and that that was typical, as Hamish says, of of Hillel's uh, you know want at the time was to play a song that he loved from from Hendrix, but a song that not necessarily everyone else would would have known. A great song, a song which everybody knows now. I also like the fact that they twist it a bit. I like the way the Swan twists the line. Um to let Mr Huckleberry take over mm, exactly well they do say don't they if you're going to cover something put a twist on it put your own stamp on it yeah put your own stamp on it add your own flavour 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 have you got any notes go for your notes uh, yeah, back to me first played live May the thirtieth, nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> You've done <put> that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that—that uh, that really was my big one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. Hello from the bay. Have you got some dates for me? Yeah, I've got the. I've got. I'll get to the nub of the matter, the root of the matter, shall we? Yeah. Because this is one of those. This is a strange song on mother's milk. Yeah. Because. A, it's only got two of the, on the album, there's only two of the band members actually playing on it. And two? And two, it's got such a storied history. Because, as you say, it's like playing 83. It's a B-side for Fight Like a Brave in 87, for Oomph. Then it's on the Abbey Road EP in 88. Then it's on Mother's Milk in 89. And then it's on What Hits in 1992. So it's a multiple release song. Yeah. It's great, but it's... Thro- uh, I've always thought it's throwaway. I've never... Again, when I listened to Mother's Milk for the first time all those eons ago, it was another one. You just had Taste the Pain, which didn't sound like anything else on the album. You had Stone Cold Bush, which does, and then you're immediately thrown off on the ear again Yeah, because this sounds so muddy compared to... You compare the drums that you just had on Taste the Pain... Yeah. The crispness of, um, of, what, uh, of what Fish was doing. Then you, you've got Chad's incredible playing on Stone Cold Bush. And then you've got this muddy mix. I'm going to go to um, Jack Johnson. Because I think he's got a, a key point to make here. Fire. Apparently, before even joining the band, Chad saw they did a cover of this song and it helped him in making his decision to go along for that audition. Imagine if he didn't, didn't, didn't end up going. Well, that would have been, uh, well, a different story, for sure. Imagine if Chad hadn't gone. Would they have kept going? Would He's been the mainstay, hasn't he? Yeah. In a, way go, John, well, in a way that John hasn't been. Yeah. People, I mean, John comes and goes, that we know. Yeah. Chad stays, that we know. Solid as a rock. The original intro into this song is notoriously difficult on drums, as Mitch Mitchell, Jimi Hendrix's drummer, is playing his fills over the bar line and not crashing on the one of the bar. Now, speed it up times 10, and we have the RHCP version making it 10 times more difficult. Typical of that era, Jack Irons lays it down hard, fast, and funky. The production and recording style dates this record, or this, this song. It's It's particular. Yeah, and kind of makes it stick out like a sore thumb amongst the other mother, Mother's Milk tracks. The drums sound more mushy, almost as if they're recorded with a couple of, mics, a couple of room mics as opposed to close mics all over the kit. It's a real intense workout of a song. I almost hold my breath for the duration of it just due to how fast and frantic it is. Now, I completely hear that, what, uh, what Magic is saying there, mm. because it's such... What, I mean, why did you put this on the album? Well, I guess they haven't put it on so far. They want to pay tribute. The whole album is a tribute to Hillel. So it's got to to go on. So I, I hear that. The album is literally dedicated to Hillel. Yeah, it's got to go on. So do you think, A, they're putting it on as a tribute? B, as a transition between guitar players? John's hero was Hillel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, C because they didn't have enough songs without it. No, I don't think. I, I certainly wouldn't think that would be would play into it. Right. It's a song that they love. It's a song that they played with Hillel. It's the first album since his passing. They yeah. want to put it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They get it on. Yeah, okay. and and yeah. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't play into the overall feeling of the album, but. It sounds great. I mean, they do sound really good. The I, Swan, Swan, man. I mean, when we when we talk about the Swan's journey, it's so easy to just focus on how he sounds now and how he sounded for the last twenty years. But in in the eighties, he sounded like this, and oh it was, yeah, you know, a raw, untrained, untamed talent yeah that he was in those days oh and and recently someone's come out and said it's not what they sound like it's their presence it's the delivery oh yeah there's much to be said about how the whole song sounds with the rest of the band on the chorus it's there's a real feel to this yeah and it's amped up yeah let's go to i don't um, think anyone puts a foot wrong here really let's go to a mason and aiden shall we the original lineup of the band says Amos with Jack Irons and Hillel Slovak, probably filler for the album to make it full length. Though, I, I'm I'm feeling that. Oh, uh, maybe, that vibe. yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, that's possible. But Amos says, "I bloody love this cover of the Jimi Hendrix classic." Again, on the Positive Mental Octopus video, there was footage of this lineup, Socks on Cox playing this. Jack Irons is such a great drummer. At the time, and also when can you look up on eBay while I do this eBay UK Positive Mental Octopus VHS? Because I've got a me and the House it, Ambassador bought a VHS play recently. You going for it? Well, no, the, the podcast. Well, I bloody love this cover of the Jimi Hendrix classic. Again, on the Positive Mental Octopus video, there was footage of this lineup Socks on Cox playing this. Jack Irons is such a great drummer at the time, and also. When John and Chad were in the band, the Chili Peppers were pretty well-known for their Hendrix covers, Cross Down Traffic, Foxy Lady and Castles Made of Sand were also excellent interpretations. There was footage of the Chili Peppers actually just Flea hanging upside down and AK with the house band, I think, on The Last Resort with Jonathan Ross in 1990 playing Foxy Lady. And he has sent us a link, which I I will read out to you. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www. Dot youtubecom forward slash watch question mark V equals capital Y, capital I, capital V, capital I, small n, six, small i, capital X, small q, nine, capital E. <laughs> Not sure where the other half of the band wrote this time. Thank you, Amace. Sam, have you had any luck at all finding? Yes, yes how much? I've just bought it. How much was it? £4.50. This was a real-time buy, people, a real-time buy. Real-time buy, £4.50, purchased. Lovely. Aidan says, Fire. This is a great cover. It has always been one of my favourite Hendrix songs, with a punk approach that flies by with real energy. The Chili's cover stretches this even further, pushing the tempo to a breakneck speed. It feels like it finishes as soon as it begins, whooshing by in a cloud of adrenaline. Lovely use of the word whooshing. However, I've always been a little confused as to why it's on the album. I think we all are, The confusion it. is real. We all feel it. It wasn't written or performed by this lineup, originating as a B-side to fight like a brave two years previously. I guess it could be seen as a tribute to Hillel, ensuring his legacy was on the first album recorded after his passing. That's what we're saying. Yeah, that's one of the theories. In any case, it's an enjoyable listen, and they play. And they clearly play Loving It Live. Check out the Woodstock 99 forms, where the crowd takes, takes the lyrics a little too literally, says Aidan. Right. I think once we get to the solo, there's a real live feel to this because the the rhythm guitar drops out and Hillel's just playing that live. Is this an entire one take song, do you think? It's certainly got that kind of loose vibe. As far as I'm concerned, it's a one take song. What's that whistling? Well, that was eBay telling me that I've just bought Positive Mental (laughs) Occupist. Oh, great news. £4.50. So that's bargain. a real bargain. We'll do an episode that's on a that, snip. sure. I haven't even got a VHS player. I but have, you have. I have. So you'll have to... Good. I'm glad you can enjoy it. I have to bring down a, a whole... Um, you have to bring a whole rig. Telly. Yeah. The telly with the scar. It's a, yeah, it's a difficult... Oh, so. it's going to be another scar tissue. Oh, it's, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the breakdown then on fire. Um, huge sweeping held cords... That absolutely beautiful. That whole, over, that whole bit about Move Over Rover is so sweet. And then it goes into that solo. Yeah, I think this is a live... Well, I think, you know, what I was thinking when we were listening to it there, place yourself in that room at that time. How good would that have sounded? How original and how eye-opening would the Red Hot Chili Peppers have been at that time? playing that song live it would have been incredible I'll tell you how that I and mean, incredible it was yeah oh, they, sure they well they went on to storm the world yeah we've all seen live acts where we've gone wow these guys are really good but I, I guarantee you seeing something like that you, your jaw would have been on the floor mm. yeah it was it, they were like nothing else and yes of course you've got Flea Hillel Jack, but don't uh, call flea flea. Call him Michael B the flea. (laughs) Michael B. Michael B. (laughs) Mickey B the flea. You you know where my heart lies when it comes to Red Hot Chili Peppers, and my heart was always in the in the in the palm of the Swan. And hearing him like this, I can only imagine. You know, I came to the scene in '94. No, that's a lie. Not a lie. It was a factual uh, uh, mistake. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a factual mistake. I came to the scene in 98, and that is true. So for me to, to, to hear the swan in this kind of untamed, you know, I've heard it before, of course, but to hear it now with him sounding like this, with that energy, with that untamed, untrained voice. He was just going for it with his friends. And that's where this band originated. It, for me it's wonderful. Yes, it doesn't fit on the album, but I'm always happy to hear it. Well, I think you've summed that up perfectly, mate. Always a pleasure to hear you eulogise about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that's where we're gonna wrap it up. I
1: gotta girl see smell long and tall.
0: Here we come into the socials then. If you, if you want to be part of this podcast, then you can join us. It's hosted at Bentanzomusic.net. If you'd like to become an ambassador, we are willing to post a badge anywhere in the world. That's true. And it is worth mentioning that we've got the AGM coming up next month. No, we haven't. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. All right. The AGM is happening. It's in Düsseldorf. Please come along. It's going to be fantastic. If you'd like to do something real, then uh, email hotmail.com. Ask to be an ambassador. We will send you a badge and a flyer anywhere in the world. On Twitter, I'm at UniversityRHCP. Send me a message. That's fine as well. Sam, you are... At Stack Townsend. On Insta, Graham. I am rhcp underscore pod. Sam... Are you on uh, Instagram? Not on Insta, no. So it's just classic me over there. If you'd like to join the competition to win a signed copy of Out in LA, Red Hot Judy Peppers in 1983, simply name those three words from those three songs. Name those tracks, motherfucker. Name those motherfucking tracks. <laughs> now, so we're going to take it out this way, Sam, on this one. We're going to go back to our roots. Oh really? This is great because I don't know what it is, so it sounds I'm excited. like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
1: You're right, we will do our thing tonight, alright. A take me through the future, it's time you'll find just another color-coded cry. Incision and a suture, you told my friend we would get it on